I'm Tressa. And, and we, we are, are not amused. amused. Today, we are going back to Middlemarch. Oh good, your favorite place. I love it. <laughs> um, here's the part two from the last Middlemarch episode. So book six. Really, it's just book six. Well, yeah. So we did say in the other episode we were doing both books, so that was our bad. We didn't realize when we took on book five just what we were <laughs> trying to do. Nope. But have no fear. I have reread book six. Book six is here. And I have <laughs> sorry. extensive notes on it. <laughs> How many pages do you have? Um, I have six full pages. For book six. A line on page seven. <laughs> so Taylor will be leading this discussion today. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I hope you all love the sound of my voice. I don't. Right? Whenever I listen back to these, I'm like, that's not me. And I think I have to edit this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Um, okay, but first we will talk about D. Do you want to go yeah. first? Yeah, I'll go first. So <laughs> you have to edit this one. This is a tea <laughs> that I got from my friend Emma. Sweet Streams Lavender Company. It's healthy boost tea, digestive and immune support. So, hooray! Chamomile, a word I can't say, echinacea, I don't know, and lemongrass combined with delicious, slightly spicy fennel and ginger for a full range of complex flavors. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I have had it before, so I already know how I feel about it, but I haven't had it on the podcast, so... So it counts. So it's fine. All right. I have Tivana Herbal Tea White Chocolate Peppermint uh, with Ruibos and Cocoa. And it is caffeine free. And creamy white chocolate notes, cocoa and smooth Ruibos are balanced with cool peppermint in this indulgent herbal blend. It's the perfect treat for savoring and sharing. Thanks for sharing it with me, Tressa. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I remember picking that up one day at Walmart when I was, it was like on my lunch break because I was like craving chocolate. And I was like, what can I do for myself that is not going to be actual candy? And then I yeah. saw that and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. So, <laughs> you know. At the end of the episode, since you can't give anything away right now. Since I'm still trying it. You should let me know if it fixed that chocolate craving or not. Okay. But don't tell me no. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Okay. Are we ready? We're ready. Okay. Okay, I'm starting out with some corrections. Oh, great. (laughs) Great. It's okay. There's only three. Oh, my God. We suck at this. Well, one of them was me. So you're fine. Um, actually, two of them are me. Although you didn't call me out on them, so they're kind of you too. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably didn't Just know. <laughs> but I mean, legitimately, I'm sure I didn't know. Right. So I'm pretty sure in the last episode about Middlemarch for book five, I had mentioned it took Will a long time to discover what Castavon had put into his will. Mm-hmm. But even in the beginning of book six, Will he still doesn't know. Okay. So, correction, he doesn't know in book five what was in the will. Okay. About him. Got it. 
Um, we talked about Fairbrother liking Mary and how we like never yeah. saw that. There is a mention of Fairbrother liking Mary back in book four. Whoa, I did not remember that. <laughs> and I put the quote here. Oh. <clears throat> I'm loving quotes recently. I like it. As the vicar walked to Lowick, anyone watching him closely might have seen him twice shrug his shoulders. I think, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like envisioning that. Right. Seems like a dance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the rare Englishmen who have this gesture are never of the heavy type. For fear of any lumbering instance to the contrary, I will say, hardly ever. They have usually a fine temperament and much tolerance towards the smaller errors of men, themselves inclusive. The vicar was holding an inward dialogue in which he told himself that there was probably something more between Fred and Mary Garth than the regard of old playfellows, and replied with the question whether that bit of womanhood were not a great deal too choice for that crude young gentleman. The rejoinder to this was the first shrug. Then he laughed at himself for being likely to have felt jealous, as if he had been a man able to marry, which, added he, it is as clear as any balance sheet that I am not. Whereupon followed the second shrug. As clear as any balance sheet, <laughs> which is probably like mud to my brain, but okay. Um, I also like quotes because it just gives the audience, who maybe have not read Middlemarch, a little sampling of what we yeah. are reading. I was going to say what we're going through, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the smallest little thing. Yeah. I it's... can see why my brain completely glossed over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there was mention of it. It also seems like he's thinking, like, it's kind of a passing thought for him. Mm -hmm. It's not even like, oh, no, I like Mary. What do I do? And here's how I feel. And how do I tell her? And ba-da-da-da. It's just like, oh, no. That would never work. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) "Mm, is Fred really, it's basically, is Fred man enough for Mary? Yeah. I could be. Oh, but no, I couldn't. But I can't. (laughs) I actually literally can't. So. Um, So, that was my second correction. Okay. And then my third correction. (laughs) Great. Which, when I found this out, I was like, oh, no. I'm so bad? dumb. Is it bad? Um, Mrs. Garth's name is Susan, not Sarah. Oh. So they're not related? No, because Sarah is Will's mom, not... Not... Oh, Bolstrode's wife. Yeah. What's so this? I thought Sarah... Wait. So they mentioned Sarah being Will's mom. Yeah. And I also thought Mrs. Garth's name was Sarah. And so in the last episode on Middlemarch, I was like, she couldn't have picked a different name for, like, two characters. What's Bolstrode's wife's name? I don't know. Because that's, I thought they had the same name or something. Nope. And even in, even on the family tree that I've uh, posted to Instagram, I have (laughs) Sarah Garth. Aw, oops. I fixed it with the most updated one for book five, um, but the original one says Sarah Garth. I don't know why I had it in my head that her name was Sarah, but I did, and I have to keep reminding myself it's Susan. Susan, not Sarah. I really don't think I thought that, for the record. Like, I thought you were talking about the um, Wolstrode's wife or something. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, speaking of, I want to figure out what her name is. Okay. Did you just Google it? Yeah, I'm on the character list. Ugh, it's so long because there's so many goddamn <laughs> characters. Do they even never say her first name? I don't know. And I think on the tree I just have, like, Mrs. Wife. Bolstrode. 
Right. Oh, Harriet. Harriet. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> At least I had S's. Oh, but check this out. Harriet Bolstrode is Walter Vincy's sister. Mm-hmm. So she is related. She is somebody's sister. Oh, they do mention it in Vincy's... this... In this book. Vincy, Fred and Mary's... Right. Fred and Rosamond's Who's dad. Who's Walt... Oh, the, the, like, mayor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is he the mayor? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know if he's the mayor, but I'm pretty he's sure something. Walter is their okay. dad. Um, I do remember something near the end of book six where Harriet's mentioned. Okay. And she's talking about how, like... Kind of like how Bolstrode was lucky to get with a Vinci, basically. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. We're a well-to-do family. Right. So, that's how they're brother-in-laws. <sighs> okay. So, those are the corrections, and now we're going to dive on in to book six, chapter 54. Don't worry, there is only 62. Like, it only oh. goes to 62. <laughs> There's not even ten chapters, people. Yeah. It's fine. It, it's just going to fly right by. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, so do you want me to just read what I have and I mean, you'll comment on it? Sure. <laughs> so we closed book five. We closed book five. With Mr. Raffles talking to um, Bolstrode about, I know your secret, dude. Mm-hmm. And, but he doesn't know the extent of it. That's what's interesting about it. He's like, I know that you hid from your wife where her, no wait. Yeah, her daughter mm-hmm. and grandson were. Mm-hmm. I know that you hid that from your wife. Um, but he doesn't know who they are. He doesn't know that they still live in Middlemarch. He doesn't know. Right? He does know who they are. He knows Will. He knows the last name is Ladislaw. But does he know there's a Ladislaw in town? I mean, why would he be there? What do you mean in town? Yeah. I mean, to harass Bolstrode for money? Oh, also his stepson lives there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I know it comes up later in book six, so is it just, like, a big coincidence that he, like, came to Middlemarch because his step one was there, his stepson was there, and then to harass Bolstrode, and then Will is also there? I like, would bet you money that, like, he came to call out Bolstrode and, like, blackmail him, first and foremost. He seems like that kind of guy. Not to mm-hmm. see his stepson. He just didn't... Well, he came to see his stepson because that was the guy who just inherited Featherstone's. That's true. Yeah. He seems like a money-motivated man. Which is why he went. Yeah. If we... Yeah, because he asked... Riggs. Joshua Riggs. Yes. Okay. That's his name. Thank you. Um, For money. Like, that was the first right. conversation That's why had. he's there. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, he, he didn't seem... Okay, so, like, at the end of the book, at the end of the chapter, we find all this out, he leaves, and then he's, like, sitting down, and he's trying to think of the name. Mm-hmm. Of the child, or not the child, but, like, the family name or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Ladislaw, that's what it is. Yeah. But there's not a point where he's like... And Will Ladislaw. Could that be here. Will Ladislaw? Right. Yeah, so I don't know if he actually knows. I mean, it could, again, be something that was very subtle that we just missed. <laughs> that's, uh, there's such a good chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> this book has so many details. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's hard mm-hmm. to pick up on everything. But anyway, that's where yeah. we leave off in book five. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Well, we pick up in book <laughs> six with uh, Chetum and Celia mm-hmm. and their baby. And the baby. The little Buddha. Isn't that what she calls it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they're kind of talking about how they're happy that Dorothea is 
a widow and didn't have a child with Casabon. Mm. I'm like glad that it turned out the way it did. I mean, I'm also kind of glad she didn't have a kid with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But Celia sees it as like, now Dorothea can stay with us and treat Arthur, the baby, uh-huh. as like her own, you know, like she can just live with us now and help me take care of the baby, I guess. Doesn't Celia already have, like, servants and shit? Probably. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dorothea's not, like, really into that. And so she wants to go back to Loic. Yeah. Um. But while she's been at, like, Tipton slash Freshet, because I think they're close together, mm-hmm. she's been helping Caleb Garth with the grounds. Right. Because Chetum offered him that job back in book four. Right. To help on the grounds. I'm glad you're putting this all together, because I'm like, who did what? Yeah. Who did what what? I got a lot of little, like, parentheses. <laughs> Background for this little thing. I mean, all right, let's be real. Chapter 54, I started off real strong. It's like, I'm going to make all these notes. connections, going to get this together. As they go on, they get less. Um, oh, another correction. Dorothea was married for 18 months, not three years. Holy crap. <laughs> so literally half the time, we thought. Yeah. Where did we get that from, I wonder? I think her age when we meet her at the beginning of the book. Oh, right. I think she's 18 when we meet her, and she's 21 when Casabon dies. Okay, but they... Yeah, she hasn't been married that whole time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um... Then I have the word of the will hasn't made it around yet, I think, Mm -hmm. but Celia told Mrs. Cadwallader, the town gossip, so (sighs) it's only a matter of time. Celia! From what I can tell, I think at this point it's just, like, family knows Uh what he wrote, and that's it. Okay. So. That's good. But you know it would never last in a town like this. (laughs) Um... Dorothy's real motive for going back to Loic was to hopefully see Will. Dun, dun, dun. Shocker. <laughs> we all knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not sure if he's even still in town at this point, uh, but since, since she hasn't heard from him or about him for a bit, so she's just kind of, like, hoping he'll be there, but not sure he will. Mm-hmm. She's going to go anyway. Then I have, finally, he comes to visit her. And it's awkward. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Do you have notes on this? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I put that Will notices Dorothea is acting differently toward him uh, because of the Will, which he still doesn't know about. Like, she's acting differently towards him because she knows about the Will. Yeah. He doesn't. And so he thinks it's because her friends have been telling her negative things about him. Quote, her friends might have been poisoning her mind with their suspicions of him. Is what he's thinking to himself. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's kind of telling the future at that point. <laughs> a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's there to say goodbye, and Dorothea is encouraging in his political pursuit that he brings up to her that he wants to do. Right. Um, he asks if she thinks it's a good idea for him to go until he's made his mark on the world, and she interprets that as him knowing about the will and being just as shocked as she was. Well, that's dumb. (laughs) It's Dorothea. Yeah, she needs to get a clue. Yeah. So she starts questioning his feelings for her and thinks that he only thought of her as a friend. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, Will doesn't want to admit to his feelings for many reasons, but the main one seems to be because she's now a wealthy widow, and she doesn't want people to think, like... Yeah. Oh, he's only interested in her now because she has money. Yep. Um, they have a little back and forth hinting at things and what they're talking about until Chetum is announced. And I put a page number in case we wanted to refer to it. I was, like, really in for these notes. Wow. Amazing. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, they're, like... It's, like flirting you know like like subtle flirting uh-huh. like they're hinting at things that could have been between them yeah well because he was interested in her first yeah so yeah um but then chetum shows up and so will says a quick goodbye and dorothea can feel chetum's disapproval of will but she doesn't feel like talking about it so when will leaves she asks about celia in order to diffuse the tension and change the subject mm. and that's the end of chapter 54 wasn't that oh. a thrilling chapter? Oh, God. Like I said. <laughs> Not the most boring of this book, though. <laughs> like I said, though, I'm so ready to get past Dorothea and Will and their drama. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of like, can you just concentrate on the characters I like, which is mostly Mary and Fred at this point? They don't really concentrate on very much, I feel like. It sucks. They better be more prominent in the last two books. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so chapter 55 was a short chapter. Huh. Bless. Dorothea. It's still about Dorothea. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and she's upset with Will's departure. Um, she's still under the impression that he knows of Casabon's will, and that's why he left. And she's sad because she believes that if she should ever see him again, he'll be a completely different person, having grown from his time away. Oh. And they'll never have the friendship they have now, ever again. It will never be the same. Isn't that so upsetting, Tressa? I am so sad. (laughs) I have so many feelings about this relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Dorothea goes to visit Celia, stay the night, and watch the baby being washed, <laughs> as she promised to do. How fun. Right? Um, so then we're in this little scene where Dorothea is talking with Celia, Mrs. Cadwallader, and Lady Chetum. And Celia takes off Dorothea's morning cap, saying oh, she right. doesn't need to wear it around friends, even though she's supposed to wear it the full morning. She's supposed to wear the full morning outfit for a year. Or until she remarries. Pointed out by Mrs. Cadwallader. Uh-huh. The remarrying part. They're just really ready for her to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, later that night, Celia points out to Dorothea that after her cap was removed, she was more like her old self again, speaking up for herself when something displeased her. Mm-hmm. It's here that Dorothea tells Celia that she doesn't plan to ever remarry. Um, she wants to buy land and build, quote, a little colony where everybody should work and all the work should be done well. I should know every one of the people and be their friend. End quote. Aw. See, she's just trying to do her thing. She's yeah. got all these plans for better housing for workers and she's like, I don't want to be married again. I want to do mm-hmm. what I want. <laughs> just like all these things I've been working towards. Exactly. This is my time. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> do it, Dorothea. Do it. I hope you do. And she intends to talk with Caleb Garth about her plans. Mm -hmm. 
Celia is excited about the idea of Dorothy and having plans again like she used to. Yeah. Because she, yeah, I'm she sure. did. She had those plans for like, like improving workers' lives. Like before she knew yeah. yeah. And then she got married and those all just fell to the wayside. That's what happens when you get married, I guess. <laughs> just says, goodbye, everything I ever liked. <laughs> uh, um... <laughs> Celia tells James later that night that Dorothea has no intention of ever remarrying. He doesn't say anything to Celia, but is secretly happy about this for one big reason, which I thought was very weird. He found something to be, quote, repulsive about a woman's second marriage and felt that no matter who it was, it would be, quote, a sort of, fuck, I practiced this word. Cut that out. (laughs) Desecration. Yes. It would be a sort of desecration for Dorothea. <laughs> Why? Her husband died. It's not like... I mean, back in that day, I kind of... You know, they were... If you had divorced, if you could, that was like a big deal. Yeah. A big deal. Usually it was like you were married till one of you died. Yeah. Or you were murdered. She, whatever. So judgy, James. Mm-hmm. No need. Yep. Hence, Aquatavada. Don't you think exactly like okay let's say that celia died yeah james would get remarried well i think it's just a woman well exactly that's what i'm saying yeah it's a double standard well yeah what time period are we in? <laughs> duh welcome to history <laughs> um okay so that was chapter 55 okay 56 cool. look we're flying through it Everyone's still with us? <laughs> Are we still awake, everybody? Jess has been yawning a lot. Hey, oh, you I have... started it. I haven't yawned since I've started it. Yeah, but you, you yawned so... when you got here. Okay, like three hours ago. <laughs> well, exactly. I have, uh, like, almost two pages on chapter 56, so... Holy moly. Okay, it must have been some big stuff happening. Get in. Are you trying to find it in the book? Uh, I actually have it pulled up. Oh, okay, perfect. We're good. All right, so we start out Caleb Garth. Yay, this Caleb! A, yeah, okay, so this has Caleb and Fred in it. Good! We're back! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's impressed with Dorothea's ideas in regard to business. Yep. So that's nice. Yeah. And he talks to Susan. That's his wife, not his Sarah. His wife. <laughs> about it. And tries to be like, no, Susan, you just need to like hear her ideas. She's whatever. Why so is smart. Susan so resistant? I, I don't know. Um, and then the big thing was there's, like, a talk of a railroad coming to Middlemarch. Mm. And there are not, there's, there are quite a few people who are not thrilled with the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of workers with yes. the funny accents. <laughs> yes, we're talking about it, right? Yeah. Okay, this was definitely the part where I was so confused when I was listening to the audiobook. Because some of the words are literally not words. They're it's like almost easier to read it. Yeah. It's like a dialect. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are they saying? I wish I could find an example. Because when I read it, I I like I could put together what they were trying to say. Oof. Go ahead. I to be sure. <laughs> and in parts against brassing by what I've heard say the folks fell on them when they were spying and broke their peoples as they carry and drove them away so as they knew better than come again. It wore good foon, I'd be bound. <laughs> what did they say? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Interpret. Uh, I don't know what he's saying about brassing, but the other guy said it was good fun. Well, brassing's a place. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even know. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you're probably right. Why there'll be no stern from one place to another? There's like a thing in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't Is know. It like why. an apostrophe? Mm, no, it's a dash. Oh. Ford. They also have Ford. F O R apostrophe A R D. Ford. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. You're right. Now that I'm looking at it, it is easier. Yeah. To understand what's going on. But yeah, it, I was really struggling when I was listening mm-hmm. to the audiobook. I was confused by why the words were like that. <laughs> <laughs> Even with this great actress that reads the audiobook, mm-hmm. I was... Okay, but who are these workers exactly? Are they workers for Caleb? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that they, makes sense. They think it's going to be a good idea... To have the railroad. To start... No. To start a fight with the men who have come to check out the land for the railroad. <laughs> oh, no. No. But let's, they think it will let's be. Let's not do that. Oh, no. Um, so Mr. Garth and his assistant, who's I think just like a boy, like a teenager, mm-hmm. were there and tried to intervene. And the men end up spraining the assistant's ankle <laughs> in the fight. Wow. I did not remember that. Oh, no. I, I almost felt like rereading book six, I was learning all of this information for the first time and it's probably because i took no notes when i listened to the audiobook mm-hmm. um so during this fred is on his way back home and Yay. was in the middle of trying to figure out what to do with his career because he doesn't want to disappoint his father who thinks fred is about to enter into the church but he knows if he does that mary will never see him again We'll never, sorry, we'll never be with him. Yeah. She'll probably see him. I was going to say, I think they would still see him. She's going to shun him. Cut her out of his life completely. Cut her out of her life completely. Mm-hmm. Done with Fred. Because he's in the church now. Mm-hmm. No. She just won't be with him. Um, so Fred sees the beginnings of the confrontation and he gets in the middle of it. Which was surprising to me to see Fred, like, take initiative like that. Yeah. That doesn't seem very Fred. Uh-uh. He was yelling at the men... Um, that for all he know, they killed the assistant. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Because at this point, the assistant was still laying on the ground, not moving, after being pushed over by the men. I bet the only reason Fred jumped in was because it involved Caleb, and he was trying to take Caleb's side and be like, Caleb, please let me marry your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yep. Um, so Caleb sends his assistant into town on Fred's horse to get taken care of and asks Fred to help him out with the rest of the work for the day. Fred tells Caleb that he'd be happy to do that, but first he must go fight with one of the men that he got in a yelling match with. Great, okay. Caleb tells him no. (laughs) And that he, that Caleb needs to go speak with them. Uh Uh-huh. Because Caleb is (laughs) calm, cool, and collected. (laughs) Right. So, uh, no. he starts talking with them about what they did, and is very understanding. He states that multiple times that he... So, sorry, that the way I wrote it doesn't really make sense. He says multiple times that someone has been telling them wrong. Yeah. And that the railroad isn't such a terrible thing, and that they need to see it for the positives it'll bring to Middlemarch. <clears throat> I think I put that in there, like, the states multiple times, because I remember reading it, and Caleb just, like, mentioning it, like, multiple times. Like, whoever's telling you this railroad is a bad idea... 
don't listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. And he says it like over and over. And I think yeah. that's just Caleb's way to be like, I understand where you're coming from. I understand your point like, of view. People have told you this. Yeah. You're not just getting this from nowhere. Right. <laughs> but listen to me. But don't. Listen to me instead. Take my word. Right. Instead. I wonder what their reasons were. Because I would think like the railroad. I know we had a lot of issues with trying to build the railroad in our country, which happened a lot further after this these years you know that this book is based in but there was opposition to building the railroad in our country too because mm-hmm. people didn't want to build through their land and all that i mean it's, it's gotta go thing. somewhere right yeah it's the same thing i didn't okay. put it in here but i remember the workers being like it's gonna go through our land yeah and like which is fair but I hopefully some... it would bring jobs and opportunities mm-hmm. and i mean so i understand the opposition yeah and i think some of the concern was like it's gonna be like right it could potentially be right near their houses or something like that. I don't know if that's <laughs> It'll correct, be loud, but... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um. So, yeah, after all of that is taken care of, Fred helps Caleb with his work. And Yeah, and he doesn't do very well, does he? Um, we're not there yet. Oh, <laughs> I just remember an incident. Yeah, we're not there but yet. But anyway, I'm sorry to skip ahead. That's okay. He, so Fred is helping Caleb mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. They're just doing like outside. Okay. Labor. Gotcha. Um, during this time, he mentions to Caleb that he loves Mary and will only ever love Mary. Mm. And Caleb tells Fred that he must figure out what he wants to do mm-hmm. in life for his own. Yep. Happiness. <laughs> Let me read that really broken up. <laughs> he must learn what he wants to do in his life for his own happiness. Yeah. But especially now that he's involving Mary's happiness. And Caleb's very specific about, like, your happiness, not your wealth. Yeah. Like, you need to be happy. Well, and... Clearly Mary is his child. Because, right. like, she's, has this, she's the same way. Mm-hmm. She's very much, like, same mindset, as yep. we find out later. Yeah. Um, he also asks Fred if he thinks Mary is even interested in him, and Fred <laughs> reveals to him that he had Mr. Fairbrother talk with Mary, and he told Fred that there is hope, Ugh. there is hope there, so long as he doesn't enter the church. Yeah. So, when Caleb gets home, he retells the day to Susan. <laughs> I have Sarah in my notes. No! <laughs> and Susan. Susan. And is talking with her about Fred and Mary. Uh, Mrs. Garth is very hesitant about Fred and Mary being together. She believes yeah. Fairbrother was interested in Mary. But since Fred used him to talk with Mary about Fred's feelings, Mr. Fairbrother wouldn't pursue Mary anymore, which makes Mrs. Garth upset. Because she thinks Mary could do much better than Fred Vincy. But can Mr. Fairbrother even get married? I, that's what I'm wondering. Isn't <laughs> so he in confused. the church? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just Catholic priests, and he's not a Catholic priest. They're a different denomination of Christianity. But back so. in book four, well, right. he thought to himself, like, oh, I'm not a... Maybe he just means, like, he never saw himself as a man getting married. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They um, never have specified what kind of church, you know, what denomination of church it is. So I can't even Google... Like, yeah. can a vicar get married or whatever? Right. The, I don't... Is he even a vicar? Don't know. Yeah, he is. Is that what they call him? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so hard. I under- totally understand where Susan's coming from, though. Right. But after she says all this, Mr. Garth reminds her 
that there are probably quite a few people who felt that exact same way when she decided to marry him. <laughs> yep. Probably. So. No. Because she's someone. She is someone. Like, from a prominent family, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I meant. Like, she's... Is she, she a Fairbrother? Uh, I can look it up. No, quick. because then that would mean Mr. Fairbrother is, like, Mary's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Featherstone. 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 She's a Featherstone. Because yeah, that's he was Mary's uncle. So it's... Yeah. So... So she was a Featherstone. Susan is Featherstone's sister? Yeah. Cool. We yeah. did it. And that's how the Featherstone, Garth, Bolstrode, brother-in-laws are all together. <sighs> okay. Wait, is Bolstrode in there? Did I just add him? No, he's he's married to a Vincy. Well, they're all going to be together eventually. I mean, if... I know. <laughs> We're talking about lots of overlap here, but... <laughs> So it's the Featherstones and the Garths. Yep. They were connected. Related by marriage. And then the Bolstrodes and the Vincies. Yes. And then the Fairbrothers are really just not related to anybody. There's just the one guy. The one victim. But there's his mom. Oh. And his aunt. Who he was like hanging out with. Not in this book. They're just nobody. I guess. They're just there. <laughs> um so then Mr. Garth tells Susan that he wants to offer Fred a job with him and while Susan, oh, see, I fixed my notes there. I have Susan written right there. <laughs> While Susan is proud of the man Caleb is, she has her worries about how this will all end up for Mary. <clears throat> we are still in the same, same chapter. Speaking of marrying, Vickers can get married. They can? Mm-hmm. Okay. They can. So he just must have never seen himself as a man Maybe. who would get married. He also... Um, I don't know his history, but they can't get remarried. Mm. So if he'd already been married and even if his wife died, it's just not allowed. I don't think he has. So, unless I don't it's think something we either. haven't learned yet. Yeah. So this is where you were thinking of with Fred. Oh, On Fred's yeah. first day, Mr. Garth surprises him with desk work, something Fred had not thought he would need to do. Mm, clearly, he did not prep for this. Nope. <laughs> do you want to say why? Well... I, I don't remember the exact details, but I know he had to do some sort of calculations for Caleb, like in the books, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And Caleb, like, <laughs> Caleb is a cool, calm man. And Fred's work, after he gave it to him, the books, he's like, here, I did it. And Caleb was like, this is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, kind of got upset. Because he was like, this is actually really bad, Fred. Why do you not know how to do this? And I don't know. I wasn't clear to me if his, like, math was wrong or if his handwriting was just really bad. It's his handwriting. Okay. So his handwriting sucks. And Caleb's like, you can't be doing books like this. Nope. So. He says, at that time, the opinion existed that it was beneath a gentleman to write legibly or with a hand and the least suitable to a clerk. Sorry, that wasn't actually a Caleb quote. That was a quote from the book. Oh. (laughs) Um, but when Fred is done and shows it to Mr. Garth, Caleb does say <laughs> to oh, no. think that this is a country where a man's education may cost hundreds and hundreds and it turns you out this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he sounds like all the old people now. 
So he tells Fred that he needs to practice his handwriting day and night until it improves, and he needs to tell his parents what he's decided to do, because Fred still has not told his parents that he's going to work for Mr. Caleb Garth. Uh-huh. So, Fred tells his parents. Um, <laughs> he talks to his father at his warehouse. Uh, Mr. Vincy was initially upset, saying that Fred has thrown away his education and lowered himself a step on the ladder, but eventually sort of accepts what Fred is doing. Like, yeah. gives him a handshake before he leaves his office it's, and stuff like that. seems to be very uh, hesitant, though. Mm-hmm. Or just, he's kind of, like, resigned. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> I don't know. His dad is a little intimidating. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Especially for Fred. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was really hard for Fred to tell him. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Um, his mother, though, is actually more upset by the fact that Fred is taking this job. Um, So by Fred taking the job, it's basically secured him to marry Mary. And she doesn't want him to be a part of the Garth family. She sees them as plain folk and doesn't want them in her life in any way. Oh, yeah. I had a note about that. Yeah. I was like, you want to fight me, Mrs. (laughs) Nancy? These are my favorite characters. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote down a quote on that because I was angry. Um, the certainty that Fred would marry Mary Garth, that her life would henceforth be spoiled by a perpetual infusion of Garth's and their ways. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my God. I was so angry after that. Oh, I also wrote down, uh, poor Fred having to pay for his own tailor now. Oh, I know. <laughs> Cause he's like, I guess his dad is like, his you can, dad. Yep. you can, you know, pursue this other career, but, like, you're... I'm not paying for your life anymore. You're gonna have less suits now. Yeah, I was like, tailored oh, yourself. poor baby friend. <laughs> oh, so hard. I feel like in, if he's going to work for Mr. Garth, he doesn't need to have nice suits. I can't imagine Mr. Garth does. No. So. Well, I don't know. He's in some sort of office doing books. Desk so. work. But so beneath him, though. I guess apparently, <laughs> I don't know. That was a whole um, that was a whole section that I was not feeling. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the chapter, Mr. and Mrs. Vincy are talking about Rosamond and Lydgate's <laughs> financial troubles. Oof. Yeah. And Mr. Vincy is convinced that Rosamond will be coming to him soon to ask for money, but he says he won't give her any, and that Lydgate's family should be the ones to help them out of debt. Mm. Uh, Mrs. Vincy says, "Quote." Yes, poor thing. I'm sure I felt for her being disappointed of her baby, but she got over it nicely. Yeah, okay. And that just kind of came out of nowhere, I felt like. I literally said, what is she referring to? Mm -hmm. So this is a spoiler for later on when they specifically say it, but Rosamond, as far as I know, hasn't lost the baby yet. So is she saying that Rosamond was upset that she discovered she was pregnant, but got over it? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Because it comes up in a later chapter, like the whole situation with how Rosamond loses her baby. Yeah. Yeah. I I said I had the same question. I don't know if this is just like, um, we're just getting one side of the story, mm-hmm. and then when we learn about it later is like the other story. <laughs> right. But at the same time. Yeah. Or before. Like they're not overlapping it. They're like, mm-hmm. here's this family going through whatever they're going through 
And now here's this family who's going through whatever they're going through. But it's the same time that this family is going through their yeah. thing, you know? I, get, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. That kind of makes me think that's the case. But what a weird way to do that. Yeah, because we have not, we didn't even know. We knew I mean, she we was know pregnant. We she's pregnant but with, we like, one mention. <laughs> like, what happened to her baby? Yeah. We were like, what do you mean, what what? What do you mean she's disappointed? Yeah, and that In was what? a quote. Like, like what I read was a quote of her like being disappointed like, of her baby, baby. Ugly? What do you mean? I don't know. So I yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if it's because at this point Rosie lost her baby or if she yeah. was upset that she was pregnant. But like got over I can't it. imagine she would be. Rosie? I mean I don't know, I just feel like it's, you know, what women were supposed to do. I know, but maybe she didn't want to get pregnant yet. Yeah. Because, you know, well, she's still so flirty. And if like, they're in financial troubles, too. Yeah. Bad time for But that. I don't know if she knows about their financial troubles yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so confusing. Do we know anything about the Lydgate, like, family? Like, where he comes from? Because the Vincys are saying, nope, you know, Lydgate needs to figure that out. He needs to ask his parents. We know a like, little bit. I think when we first meet Lydgate, we learn that he he's came from a pretty prominent family in a different town i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um but then his choosing to go into like the medical profession it's it's like not what it is nowadays i feel like like back then it being a doctor like it was hard like yeah and it's not like a uh like impressive job it's not like a yeah which is shocking yeah because i'm like yeah it's weird because this nowadays being a doctor is one of the mm-hmm. highest, you know, professions you can have. And maybe it's the way Lydgate goes about it by, like, focusing more on the poor and, like, wanting to help them, you know? And not, like, trying to get in with the wealthy families. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think his family is pretty well off. Okay. So, so they could help them. Yeah. Probably. But I think Lydgate is kind of estranged from his family. Yeah. and like, I don't think they're very close. Yeah. It sounds like he probably was like, mm, I don't like that. Like, just living off your parents vibe. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not about that life. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he and Will got along so well. Maybe. Because they were both kind of opposed to that and more about equality. Mm-hmm. That's chapter 56, so 57. Oh, okay. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett stops by to talk with Mrs. Garth, who reveals that Mr. Fairbrother has feelings for Mary. <laughs> Fred yeah. then goes to visit Mary, where he informs her that her older brother, Christy, is in town. That was kind of like his reason, quote unquote, for going to see Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, he stopped by the Garths and saw that her older brother was here. And Mrs. Garth was like, you can go tell Mary, you know, like, I know you're going to go talk to her. You're like on your way to see her. So when you go, can you tell her that Christy's here? Um, And then he also tells Mary that he'll be working for her father. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) I just remember writing this. Fred is jealous of Fairbrother, and even after Fairbrother sets up a way for Mary and Fred to speak to one another privately, because where Mary is, she's, like, with his, I think it's his aunt and his mom, and Mm -hmm. he's there. Um, The first thing Fred says to Mary is how it's no use him trying to be with her, because she's just going to marry Fairbrother anyway. And I literally, I whispered, I whispered to myself as I set my book down to write this note, God, he's so stupid. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. He's so stupid. Like, why? <laughs> and I had to, like, write this all out. Like, Brad's jealous of our brother. It's fine. Uh, Bear Brother is an honorable man, mm-hmm. and he would not try anything no. at this point. Like, he knows the he knows the situation. Yeah. And he's not like that. So. Not everyone is out to get you, Fred. No. <laughs> and he tells Mary that he could be happy if it weren't for this. And Mary asks what this is. <laughs> And he says it's the fact that there is no way he can beat out Fairbrother. And then I put, thank God for Fred that Mary puts up with his insane thoughts. She mm-hmm. laughs at him and tries to reassure him that there's nothing to worry about without right out saying that she likes Fred just as much mm-hmm. as he likes her. You know, because she doesn't want to be like, no, it's fine, Fred. I care for you as much as you care for me. Like, that's not Mary's style. Mary's also not ready to commit to him no. by any means. She's like, you're not... We're- you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Sorry. You're not marriable. <laughs> Is that a word? No. You're not marriage material yet. You're not marriage material. There you go. That's People say that. Yeah. So, Fred is still jealous of Fairbrother, but takes some comfort in Mary's words. Mary, however, is ready to spend a day at home away from the Loic Parsonage and Fairbrother because she can feel herself starting to, like, pull away from him a little bit. Just, mm-hmm. you know, because... She doesn't want to potentially, I feel like, lead him on in any way, even if Fairbrother is like, all right, I accept the fact, like, you and Fred, that's the thing. I feel like Mary still feels like, I don't want to even potentially give you any, like, mixed messages or something. I feel bad for Mary at this point. I do, too. It's funny because she's described as, like, so plain and all this, and yet here she is being pursued, kind mm-hmm. of. Not really pursued by two men, but, like, two men are very interested in her. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah. It's because she's Mary. Yeah. She's a very smart woman. So. She's smart and she, like, doesn't put up with crap, you no, know? No, she doesn't. <laughs> and I think what probably happened was Fairbrother saw how well she dealt with Featherstone when she worked for yes, him. because that was a whole task. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was probably like, Wow. This girl's amazing. What a good woman. <laughs> She's really giving it her all. So that was 57. It was basically just Fred being jealous of Fairbrother, <sighs> even though Fairbrother was trying to help him out by getting him alone to talk with Mary privately mm-hmm. in a situation that it would have been, like, inappropriate for just, like, the two of them to go off by themselves. So Fairbrother, like, makes this excuse, like... Fred, I need your help I'm moving something in the library. Oh, and Mary, I wanted to show you the spider I caught earlier or something like that. He's way too nice for his own good. Yeah. I hope he gets to be happy. I hope we get to see Fairbrother very happy. We'll see. Okay. Chapter 58. Mm-hmm. You gotta speed up here. It's okay. You have less notes as we go along, right? Yeah. I have a few about this because it's Lydgate and his cousin. Lydgate's cousin comes to town, Captain Lydgate. So this won't get confusing. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. The Baronet's third son, <laughs> who I'm sorry to say was detested by our Tertius. <laughs> yeah. As a vapid fop. <laughs> fop. I've always loved that word. Yeah. Okay, anyway. See, I put in my notes, Lydgate can't stand his cousin. <laughs> he can't stand him. He can't stand him. <laughs> so just, you know, the different writing styles. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, Rosamond likes him very much, partly because of his status and partly because he flirts with her. Mm, ew. 
which she believes is the reason Will hasn't been over to their house as much. He's jealous, and that pleases Rosamond. Oh, man. She's just a man-eater. She is. So it's like, what, your cousin by marriage now? Exactly. That's why I said ew. I know. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So this is where everything goes down with Rosamond and her baby. Oh. Um, while he's there, Captain Lydgate convinces Rosamond, who doesn't really need much convincing, that they should go horseback riding together, something right. Lydgate has asked her not to do anymore. Yeah. Now, they didn't go... Maybe they did, and I just didn't understand what they were saying. I don't know if Lydgate asked her not to do it because she's pregnant or asked her not to do it anymore, like, after they got married. No, I think it's because she's pregnant. Okay. Um, The first ride is fine, although once she tells Lydgate about it, he's quite upset and worried that an accident could happen and tells her that she's not allowed to go horseback riding again, mm-hmm. which she does not respond well to. She feels as though she's being treated like a child and eventually works the situation to where Lydgate is promising her that he won't mention her not being allowed to go horseback riding to the captain. Well, she never actually promises Lydgate that she won't go again. Like, she spun the situation, so she never said to Lydgate, okay, I promise I won't go horseback mm-hmm. riding again. Instead, got him to say, I promise I won't mention to my cousin that I've asked you not to go horseback riding. <laughs> and she doesn't say, I promise not to go horseback riding. She just doesn't say anything. <laughs> I think Rosie uh, knows how to get what she wants. I think she does, too. She's very good at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. A little manipulative. <laughs> so she does go again. I mean, that's how she got Lydgate. Period. Right. So, <laughs> um, and this time her horse is spooked, and she ends up losing the baby. Um, but of course, Lydgate can't really be too upset with her, since she just went through losing their baby. But she also states that she thinks it would have happened even if she had stayed home, because she had felt similar pains before. So Yeah, I mean... There's no way to know, really, at that point. Although, it would have been nice since your husband's a doctor, if maybe you had mentioned to him. I'm having some... I'm having some weird pains. Could you, like, check it out? It didn't even occur to me when you were... When you mentioned, you know, how he had asked her not to ride anymore. The fact that he was a doctor. Yeah. It's like... We don't know if that was just him being like, I don't want you out riding with men or right. whatever or if it was like no it's like unhealthy for you mm-hmm. don't ride anymore if it was like more of a doctor's request yeah either way it's sad it is sad <laughs> but i don't know if rosie didn't want to be pregnant and then found out she was and then this happened maybe yeah. she's okay with it because she seems to get over it really fast yeah I don't know. And who knows how far along she was. We don't have any of those details. They just kind of, like, gloss over. Yeah, because literally the next thing they talk about in the same chapter is Lydgate is in debt. (laughs) We're done with the baby stuff. Yeah, which seems incredibly significant. (laughs) Isn't that funny that we found out in that order? I wonder if the author, like, wrote (laughs) these chapters out and, like, realized that she hadn't explained... (laughs) The baby thing and was like, mm, I gotta put that in there somewhere. And then like just went back and was like, here's some background on that. Okay, moving on. Yeah. She you know horseback riding and now they're in debt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm a little confused about what he was doing to try to help with his debt. Nothing. <laughs> with the, Well, and there's talk of like a silversmith slash jeweler and taking on the upholster's credit. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they <laughs> he actually owned any of his furniture. Like, I think he bought it all on credit. Well, because I remember they he talks to Rosamond about, like, people are going to be coming to look at the furniture. Right. And she doesn't want to be there when they're doing that. Right. So is that what he means? Like, taking on the upholsterer's credit? Like, like. Like, Getting I think they're the calling him back? on the credit he has. And they're like, we're going to come get your stuff if you can't okay. pay us. Oops. I just, I didn't understand. There was, like, talk about a silversmith. I guess the silversmith and jeweler is, like, to appraise some of Rosie's jewelry. I think the silver is, like, the silverware. And then the jewelry. Jewel, he's a silversmith slash yeah. jeweler. Yeah. So he does the I, same I thing. do remember, though, that part where Rosie offers her jewelry. Yeah, but she's pissed about it. But I don't think that was part of the... I don't think originally, like, he was like, no, we're not getting rid of your jewelry, which you would think silverware would come before jewelry, but whatever. Whatever. (laughs) So maybe the she, the author, mentions the silversmith is also a jeweler, Uh because then Rosie is like, oh, here's my jewelry, too. Yeah. Well, and I think it was interesting, because I know she didn't want to get rid of her jewelry, Mm -mm. but I made a note about it, because... I felt like she she was like, well, we're in dire straits, right? So here's my jewelry to reduce our debt. And then her husband is annoyed that she doesn't want to be home when the possessions are given away. And it's like, this is hard for her to watch. You know what I mean? Like, she's over here saying, all right, well, she's like basically giving him an olive branch with the mm-hmm. jewelry being like, well, here, I know this will help. I just don't want to be here when this all goes down. She just want to go be with my family, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like mad about it. He's, like, annoyed she doesn't want to be there. And she's like, "Yeah, I don't want to see this. (laughs) I think he feels, like, unsupported in that sense. But I feel like she's trying to give him all the support she can by offering the jewelry. Right, but then she's also, she's worried about, like, it getting out. But then she doesn't want to be there and he can't be there. And so then it's, like, the um, maids or whoever will have to be there. And there's, like, this whole thing about, like, the maids talk, you know, around town. And so he's like, well, you don't want people to know, but you can't be here. To, like, watch. And so then I'm going to have to leave my job where it's the only income. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think they just don't communicate very well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, clearly, if they were really in that bad of debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know back then it was, like, the man's job. Yeah. It was seen as his job to take care of all that stuff. But, like, if it was really that bad... You probably should have told your wife before they started taking your shit away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Especially your pregnant wife. Yeah. So, <sighs> but Liggy doesn't want to ask friends or family, or friends specifically for help, uh-huh. and really doesn't want to ask Rosamond's dad. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Um, I would be very scared of him. <laughs> yeah. So the way the chapter is kind of laid out is... You know, you learn about the baby, and then it talks about Lydgate being in debt, and then he's going home to talk to Rosie about it. Mm-hmm. And I put, Will is still in Middlemarch and still singing with Rosamond. Yes. Because <laughs> they're just singing when Lydgate gets home, and he's, like, annoyed by it, because he has to have this serious conversation. Stop singing. This yeah. isn't fun. Um, Will picks up pretty quickly on the fact that he is not welcome. Not because Lydgate necessarily says anything, but he can just, like read Lydgate's body language and tone and is like, I need to go. Oh, they're about to talk about some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And then did you catch the fact, because I didn't catch it when I listened to this, but at one point Lydgate in his head compares Rosamond to Lori, 
The woman who killed her husband during the play. <laughs> nope. And uh, he's, he wonders if Rosamund would kill him if she became bored of him. Oh, uh, yeah, I kind of remember reading that. I think it's just like a passing thought. But yeah, I he's was not like... like legitimately afraid for his life. <laughs> no. But I'm like, yeah, dude, you have a type. Like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... So. Um, but he does convince her slash guilts her into staying when the guys come. Yeah. And then I put their relationship is very rocky at this point. Chapter 59. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to know. Oh, this is very short. Yeah. Chapter 59. The will about will. And here's how it gets around. All right. Yep. Fred hears from the Fairbrothers slash Mary. Fred tells Rosamond. Rosamond tells Lydgate, who already knew. Lydgate warns Rosamond not to tell Will. Rosamond tells Will. Guess what she does anyway, because it's Rosamond. Will gets upset, obviously. And then he leaves, and then Rosamond asks her father for money to help with their debt. And the he end. responded with, Oh, I am more likely to want to help myself. <laughs> That's literally the end of the chapter. That's the whole chapter. It's just, like, basically... It's, it's obviously longer than that, because it goes into detail about, like, Fred doesn't know what to talk to Rosamond about, because now they, like, like don't live together, and she's married, and... Mm-hmm. And has a this. kid, he, had a kid. He doesn't know how to, like, relate, and so yeah. the only thing he can think to talk to her about is, like, the town gossip, and he just heard about the will. Fred. So. And you should have known Rosie was going to make its way around. Yep. Well, and poor Will, like... I know. Finding that out, oh, it'd be... Finding it out from Rosamond? Yeah. Like, you don't even find out from, like, I don't, I don't know if there would be a better person, but maybe Dorothea. <sighs> I don't know. So Sorry. this chapter just really shows how Rosie um, will probably be the future Mrs. Cadwallader, the town gossip. Honestly. Like, she can't Makes keep sense. a secret, and she can't do anything that she's asked. Like, Lydgate was very adamant about, I do not want to ask your father for money. Please do not ask your father. That was another reason he didn't want her to go to yep. the house when it was being yeah. cleared out. And then she goes and asks her to have her money. <laughs> uh, okay, so this was the chapter I think I sh- Oh, no. These next two chapters... Okay. Chapter 60, the first thing I wrote was, there's an auction and I'm bored. Yep. I remember that. <laughs> Like, and I it's don't the, care. Auction for the for the hospital. I don't know. Right? Okay, I don't know. This is, okay. This is just like where I start to like lose focus, and I can't. Uh-huh. Well, with... it's because it doesn't it doesn't directly impact our characters, so we're just no. like, but why? And there was so much drama in the last chapter. Yeah, <laughs> just like, like let's keep going with the drama. And now there's an an auction in Middlemarch that everyone's gonna go to. I wrote it's down so a great. A note about that, and I just remember there was like some sort of riddle book that they were auctioning off. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and then some guy like was like, "Yeah, buy it. It's great. Here, let me read a riddle for you." And the riddle was, "How must you spell honey to make it catch ladybirds?" Yeah, I know. The answer, money. And I was like, I don't get it because it <laughs> rhymes with honey. I don't know. <laughs> Because you changed one letter? I don't know. Uh, anyway, I was like, I would not buy that book. No. <laughs> that no. did not sell me on this <laughs> on this book, okay? 
Um, <gasps> the big thing with the auction, well, Will won a painting for Mrs. Bolstrode. It was the art. I do yeah. remember that. Because uh-huh. uh, Mr. Bolstrode asked him to go with her because mm-hmm. he was worried that she would, I guess, buy something that wasn't worth anything and like spend a bunch of their money on it. I don't know. Um, but then the big, big thing is <laughs> Raffles shows up. Yes. And, and starts shit. Yeah, oh my God. Because why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. It looks like I have a lot of notes. It's because I put in a really big quote. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. It's okay. later. So we're at the auction and Raffles is there. And he finds Will after he's bought the painting. Uh-huh. And he goes up to Will. He's like, hey, um, was your mom's name Sarah Dunkirk? <laughs> and Will's like, yeah. <laughs> um, he also asks if his parents were still alive. Which Will says no. <laughs> They're not. It's a very strange interaction. Mm-hmm. Well, and Will's like, what? what? Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. What? And then Raffles just kind of like, all right. And leaves. And just like, he just like plants a seed of yep. questioning. But then he comes just, up to him later. Just because. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Will's leaving. He's walking home from the auction. Mm-hmm. And Raffles... Raffles probably saw someone who could swindle out of money, and so he was like, "Oh well, anyway, gotta go. Like, <laughs> talk to you later. Yeah, I'll find, I'll, f- I'll find I'll you. I'll find you. Don't, don't worry. worry. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. It actually does. <sighs> um, so he, when he finds him like on the streets later, he tells Will how he had met his father when he was traveling, and at that time his father was very ill. Um, and then he asks Will if his dad got better. Which my first reaction was like, you already asked him if his parents were dead, so like, does that not answer it? Yeah. But then I was like, okay, well, people, you know, Could can get better, better from and then dying. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, but Will said no, so I guess that's how Will's dad died. Possibly, yeah. Okay, so here's the quote I have. So then, then Raffles informs Will that he knew his mother and why she ran away. <clears throat> Everyone, get ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. Quote, you know nothing dishonorable of her, sir, said Will, turning to him rather savagely. But Mr. Raffles just now was not sensitive to shades of manner. Not a bit, said he, tossing his head decisively. She was a little too honorable to like her friends. That was it. Here, Raffles again winked slowly. (laughs) (laughs) We both just weirdly slowly winked at each other. Um, oh, no. Lord bless you. I knew all about him. A little in what you may call the respectable thieving line. The high style of receiving house. None of your holes and corners. First rate. Slap up shop. High profits and no mistake. I had to read that like multiple times. That's about house building, right? I don't know. Holes and stuff. Meaning doorway. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. But Lord... <laughs> Sarah would have known nothing about it. A dashing young lady she was. Fine boarding school. Fit for a lord's wife. Only Archie Duncan threw it at her out of spite because she would have nothing to do with him. And so she ran away from the whole concern. I traveled for him, sir, in a gentlemanly way, at a high salary. They didn't mind her running away at first. Godly folks, sir. Very godly. And she was for the stage. The son was alive then, and the daughter was at a discount. Mm-hmm. End quote. Meaning Will, the son. Well, they had a son. She had a... He has an uncle. Had an uncle. 
There was Sarah and she had a brother. Uh-huh. So I think oh. the son was alive then. Because then later okay. um, we find out that Sarah's brother died. Oh. Do we? Okay. <laughs> um, so Will gets away from Raffles. Because <laughs> Raffles is like, hey, look, we're at like a bar or something. Let's go get a drink. And Will's like, no. No. And runs away. I don't like, like you. It's like he literally runs away. I think I remember them saying something about him like getting into darkness. So Raffles like, can't follow him. That's so funny. So he's proud of his mom, but he's glad that Dorothea's friends, especially the Chetums, don't know about this. Um, he believes it would just add to their suspicions of him, like mm-hmm. of his, his mom running away and like, I guess, becoming an actress. How dare she? <sighs> so, um, then I said, is he going to use this information to prove to everyone that he isn't this horrible person that he thinks everyone else thinks he is? Right. And it's because I have another quote that said, they would find out that the blood in his veins was as free from the taint of meanness as theirs. I don't know. I doubt it. And then we're at chapter 61. There's only two more. Okay. And I don't have a lot of notes for these. Okay. Chapter 61. The most boring chapter oh, in God. book six. Okay. Quick summary then. I really struggled to get through it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, It's a lot. Okay. Raffles goes to Bolstrode's and asks for him. His wife has to get him to leave by saying Raffles can see Bolstrode at the bank tomorrow. Okay. Now Bolstrode's wife knows about Raffles and will probably ask questions. Right. That's kind of the thing, right? Like, 75% of this chapter just dove into more detail about Bolstrode marrying Will's grandmother and how that happened. Listen, we know it happened. Exactly. That was my whole thing when I was reading it. I was like, we know this. I don't care about the details. I don't care about the details. I'm sorry. We know the gist yeah. of it. We know how it's going to affect the story. Why do we need to know more? I don't know. Great question. Um. So, I quickly said, like, he was, like, a preacher or something. And after the family had some hard times, Sarah running away, their son dying, and then her husband dying... Mrs. Dunkirk turned to Bolstrode for comfort. Said she wouldn't marry him until Sarah was found, and we know the rest from there. Like, he found her, didn't tell her, and then she just lost hope that she'd ever be found yep. and married him. Yep. Bolstrode has Will over and tries to tell him all this. Honestly, at this point, I was having a hard time staying awake, but I think basically Will just rejects him and his money. Will's like, hey, fuck off. I think is kind of what <laughs> happened. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Because I was like, this is so boring. I also, I I wrote down, like, part of the reason that Will didn't take the money is because I don't feel like he'd be able to face Dorothea if he did. Like, there was part of him that was like, I don't think she would see this as, like, an honorable thing. So. Well, I don't know, because do she it. tried to give him their money. Yeah. And he didn't take it. But she, like, tried to do it. I, I think he wants to be a self-made man. But I don't think she would judge him. If he no. found a way to, like... Oh, no, me neither. I just Will think just that's, thinks yeah. she would. I think Will's like, oh, I better not, because it might disappoint Dorothea. Like, like everything in his mind. He's like, everything is, you know... He just wants to make her happy. Yeah. Like, so. And, or be seen as honorable in her eyes. So. <sighs> Anywho. Last, last chapter! chapter. <laughs> Woohoo, you guys! Chapter 62. <laughs> we made it! Um... Chetum has Mrs. Cadwallader slip into conversation that the gossip. What did I write? I was so tired when I got here. I um, remember this part, though. Do you want to say it then? Because yeah. you know what it is. This gossipy lady. I don't know what her name Mrs. is. Mrs. Cadwallader. There she is. Yep. She was. 
I remember reading it and thinking, is she accusing Will of having an affair with Rosie? But really, she was just planting the idea along with Chetham, right? He was like, oh, if I, if we, you know, if I tell her to like spread this rumor around, then Dorothea will think, oh my gosh, Will was messing around with Rosie. Mm-hmm. How dare he? And then she won't talk to him. And then we won't have to worry about her reputation being stained by people right. thinking that there was something going on between them based on Casabon's will. Yep. Right? So he had this whole plan. Mm-hmm. And he can't say it. Because yeah. it's weird, you know. Uh-huh. So he gets the town gossip. Well, To naturally. be like, just slip it into conversation next yep. time you're around Dorothea. Kind of a smart plan. But then Dorothea's like, no. no. Who wouldn't do that? <laughs> yeah. She's just like, no way. What are you talking about? That's a that's all a rumor. Mm-hmm. It ain't real. Yeah. It does not work. <laughs> but there is some doubt she has. When she's around people, when she's like with Miss Cadwallader and I think Celia, mm-hmm. she's like, no, I can't believe that Will would do that. Like, I don't believe that. It's not true. Whatever. But then I think she's on her way to Lowick and she keeps having to like say to herself over and over, like, it's not true. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's not true. You know. Mm-hmm. Which is not true. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. They just, he's just, she's a fellow musician. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all Will sees it as. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. She gets to Loic. I think is where she's going. Um, and, and and Will is there. <laughs> ah, convenient. And they have an, another final conversation. Because if you remember the very first chapter of this book was them saying goodbye to each other. Just can't or just stay away. Bookending it. They goodbye just, at the beginning. Goodbye at the end. They just can't stay away from each other, Taylor. Ugh. Um. So I said he admits in a roundabout way that he's in love with Dorothea. Mm-hmm. Um. And she doesn't believe. Like. She, yeah. Because he doesn't say it's. It is a roundabout way. He says something yeah. about like there's a thing here that he you know can't stand to live without, but yep. he's going to have to or whatever. And she momentarily thinks he's referring to her. But then thinks he might be talking about Rosamond. Yep. <laughs> and she's like, so clueless. Sorry. It's she just, is. Yeah. Okay. It's like, girl, come on. She does get a clue, though. Yeah. Because when they part, she realizes that he he was, in fact, talking about her. Mm-hmm. And it's like this weird thing because he leaves and he's walking. And then she leaves and she's in, like, a carriage. And she passes him on the road. <laughs> but like she's like well like i can't have my horseman stop yeah why i mean they just left each other so like let's not make this worse than it is but then but at that point she's realized that will was talking about her yeah and she doesn't she's, have anything to say to him <laughs> she's probably just like it's just it's all about fucking reputation in this town She's sure. like, they've made it clear. Like, Will knows everything now, too. Yeah. So I guess that's probably why they had this conversation again. Now Will's in on the... That was the thing. The he, Will. He did keep saying, like, he couldn't leave Middlemarch without talking to Dorothy. And now mm-hmm. that he's learned everything he's yeah. learned. But it's like, he... They're both like, you know, everyone would basically judge us <laughs> if we stayed friends. So, like, we can't be friends. Which is stupid. But that's exactly how things worked back then. That's true. So, I mean, she would, Dorothea would, like, never have any hope of being re- a respected, like, businesswoman if people thought That's she's true. messing around with Will. That's true. Behind her husband's back. So, but it's stupid because they weren't yeah. doing anything. So, the last bit of the, the very last <laughs> sentence or whatever, it's not this exact thing, but he, Will goes to see the Lidgates that night and then leaves Middlemarch and in the morning. he's gone. Yep. And we so. don't know where he goes. 
or what he does and we don't know when he'll be back watch he's not back at all in book seven he comes back in book eight and we're like who's will Ladislaw <laughs> who they had too many characters so that was book six this was long it's because i purposely took a lot of notes so we would have something to talk about we did it we filled the hour and some you're welcome Boom. Now, you don't have to read book six because oh, I basically summarized it all for you. You're so welcome for that. That's for sure. <sighs> all right. Well, let's talk about our teas real quick and wrap oh, it up because... I was going to ask if you had any final thoughts. Holy moly. <laughs> I do not. Do you? Do you have any final thoughts on this Middle March book? No. I mean, I'm just excited to see what happens with relationships. I just yeah. wish I could know that it, that would be the focus. I guess that... Instead of these random auction yeah. and political f- chapters. I, I guess I've learned I am more a character-driven reader mm-hmm. than a plot-driven reader. That's fair. I don't care so much about what's going on in the town of Middlemarch. I don't care that there's an auction. Well, you have these individual people that you've mm-hmm. formed a connection with, and you want to know what happens to them, mm-hmm. not where they live. But that's what the book is. I know. <laughs> it's like a portrait of a town. I yeah. understand. <laughs> I suppose it's kind of unique in that way. How many... There's a lot of, like, character studies out there. Mm-hmm. Like, shows. There are a lot of plays that are like that and books and stuff. But, like, how many do you have that's, like, a town? Right. Besides, like, our town. Like, the show Our Town. Oh. <laughs> Which is literally about a town. Anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <sighs> Tea. Right. Tea time. A Let's see. Thank you I went, went first. first. Yeah, so... To recap, I had the Sweet Streams Lavender Company Healthy Boost Digestive and Immune Support Tea. (laughs) Chamomile, lemongrass, all that good stuff with some fennel. It's really good. I've had it before. Um, It's a great comfort tea. I would definitely add honey to this. And if you smell it, it smells like something that honey would just like perfectly pair with. Mm. So it's just chamomile is not my favorite. Mm-hmm. This is really good, though, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's good tea. Solid tea. Mm-hmm. Just not incredible. Right. <laughs> okay. I had the Tivana white chocolate peppermint with rebos and cocoa tea. Mm-hmm. Um, It was okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't finish it. I felt like this got cold very quickly. Like, I felt like um, before in another recording we've done... I was able to get through my tea in the same amount of time, but maybe it's because I did a lot of the talking this episode. Oh, yeah. You probably just didn't have time to drink it. <laughs> oh, bummer. It's okay. Well, you didn't even like it that much, so it's okay. It was okay. Yeah, I got about, you know, a little more than halfway through okay. it. Um, I didn't really taste any chocolate. It, nope. It just tasted like a peppermint tea, which I don't mind. Um, I wasn't particularly in the mood for a peppermint tea which might sound weird that i chose that tea but i thought you'd have more of a white chocolate yeah i definitely did too when i bought it so did it satisfy your chocolate craving? absolutely not (laughs) didn't even come close no i don't taste any chocolate Mm -mm. in it so Mm -mm. um i'll probably give it since it's advertised as a white chocolate (laughs) peppermint tea i think i'm gonna have to give it a lower score that's fair like a four false average Yes. If this was just a peppermint tea, I would probably give it like a six. Yeah, that's fair. Because so, it still tastes good. Like, I remember yeah. thinking, oh, it's yummy. I just am like, where's the chocolate? Yeah, exactly. Why would you say it's chocolate tea if there's no chocolate <laughs> <taste>? chocolate. <laughs> so, 
Okay. Fair. There we go. All right. Middle March, book six. Only two more books to go. Yes, we're almost through it. That's oh my amazing. God. I need Ho- a break. <laughs> hopefully we can do books seven and eight in one episode this hopefully. time. Hopefully. Um, I also just want to put out that the Instagram might be a little bit boring when it comes to the Middle March episodes because... We're running out of stuff. We are running out of things to post. We're struggling. It, so. We're going to have to get really creative. Ugh. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You can email us ideas or comments or suggestions or whatever you want at notamusedpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at notamusedpodcast. We post every other Wednesday and Sunday the week the episode comes out. And then we sometimes do a throwback Thursday. Um, and you can rate and review and subscribe. Do whatever you can on your podcast. Follow. However it works. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you can do. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.